Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to sit and talk about publishing role-playing games? I mean, heck yes. All right, cool. I'll do that. I know. That seems like a thing that you have done before. I know, once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a few times more than that. Yes. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pants Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for tonight's episode, well, following our game design series, um, we had a note from JT Evans in the Slack room on our Patreon Slack. And JT said, you dropped a teaser about maybe doing an episode on game publishing. I'm intimately familiar with novel publishing, traditional and indie, but I'd love, love, love to hear your thoughts on game publishing so I can learn from your experience and wisdom. Thanks for five years of episodes. Yes, we're excited about that too. And P.S. Sorry for all the various all caps words. I'm just that excited. Me too, JT. Me too. We were excited and also surprised <laughs> when we discovered it was five years of, of, of yes. podcasting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so cool. We're going to talk about publishing tonight. So uh, just to jog your memory, a couple episodes ago, we did a two-parter on uh, on game design, uh, which we talked about both the steps of game design, uh, and we actually talked about like kind of the emotional parts of game design. Um, yeah, at least at least some of the bits that we had previously experienced. Exactly. Uh, today, we're going to talk about publishing, and I got to be honest, and maybe I'll be wrong by the end of the episode, but my initial take is... I don't have as many emotions tied to publishing as I do to game design. Like, to, I th- like I think here's the thing we should clarify yes. though. As long as we take the function of doing a Kickstarter out of the equation of publishing, Correct. right? Because Kickstarters that, sound that. like an emotional roller coaster. Hint: We may do a future episode <laughs> about Kickstarters. I have a lot of feelings when it comes to Kickstarters, and yes. that's the reason why we did not do a Kickstarter in 2020. Yeah, because nobody had the emotional bandwidth for that. Correct. <laughs> None whatsoever. So tonight, we're going to talk about publishing, not funding your publishing. We'll, it's inevitable that we'll have to talk about money at some point, but um, if you want to hear our deep dive and our feels on uh, Patreon, because we've both run Patreons, mm-hmm. um, on Kickstarter, um, and maybe even like Itch and Drive Through and stuff. Um, we can talk about that in a future episode. Happy to talk about all of that um, in a future episode. But tonight, we talk about publishing as JT asked, and we're going to define that really quickly as the uh, taking a finished game, and I use Uh, finished in quotes no game is ever really finished but at some point you are finished designing it so taking a finished game to a final product and i want to be clear about that because final product um is a broad term and and product meaning a thing that you could give away or sell yes um that is and again, now we're going to, I'm going to get like really detailed on this. Well, let me give the examples first and then we'll get a little more detailed. For instance, different types of final products includes a book. Yes. 
like a physical book, a book you could hold, right. uh, a PDF that you could download yes. and look on, you know, your tablet, phone, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, an EPUB, an EPUB, yeah, that you could that you could read, right? Like on your, you know, on the appropriate device, uh, your Kindle, your iPad, whatever. Okay, um, but it goes so much beyond that, right? Like we're like now we're like. On one end, we could, you know, like on one end, we could be talking about a simple book um, when we talk about physical stuff, but then we could be talking about box sets. We could be talking about um, something even more, um, even more uh, bonkers, like like the uh, Fall of Magic, the scroll with the, the scroll, or or on the digital spectrum. Like I just got um, some of my Kickstarter fulfillment from the last. Oh no, I've lost the name of the anth- anthology, but. Um, the last thing that um, Shrong Bizoise was doing, um, and it was two games that are single-player games that run through HTML in your browser, right? Sure. I mean, app like, would be... I mean, it has so many... You, you can go a lot of places with it. I'm going to exclude app, though, uh, from this, because app development that's is... That's different, yeah. App development this- is its own thing, and that's actually not a thing... Um, that I feel comfortable talking about. Like I have done some software development, but I have never, um, I have never, I have never done nor managed app development before. Sure, and I don't think that we should talk app development. But um, but this being like literally a little package of HTML. Oh no, no, that's pages different. that you that's, just like open, right? Yeah, like no. not. I'm talking, talking about like a thing that you put in like the app, like in in the in the Apple Store or something. Like that. Now I yeah. know you know how to do that. But I don't know how to make it. No. I just know how to deliver it. Yeah. <laughs> That's different. <clears throat> All right. So for tonight, we're going to just, we're going to, so we're going to limit it to physical book, PDF, and EPUB. When I say physical book, we mean the range of physical books from like maybe a box set, like a book, a box set, that kind of thing. Nothing mm-hmm. too bonkers. Soft cover, hard cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kinds of things. That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. I, then I have one more caveat before yes. uh, we step into this, which is um, everything I'm going to share with you is from my own personal experience from doing publishing, um, from doing publishing in both um, engine publishing and encoded designs. Uh, so it is uh, heavily biased. There are other. There are definitely other ways to do all this, um, and other publishers, game publishers, have their own methods. Uh, encoded has its own method uh that we are very comfortable with and that that's what i'm going to speak to um as we go through this and i know you're familiar with it because you know you've been kind of along for like every one of these things that we've published well so i should i should lay out basically from my perspective I haven't been directly involved in your publishing process beyond like being the person who's kind of along for the ride. Um, But I did used to work for a book distribution company, like a standard traditional publishing distribution company that worked both with um, physical, um, physical book distribution, um, print on demand book distribution, and then specifically where I worked, which was ebook distribution, right? So like, I have some just like past personal experience stuff that is actually not specific to the role playing industry, but um, covers a bunch of the publishing stuff in weird ways. And you've also had your... um You've also had your game published. Yeah, I'm like, I, I have had one of my games go through the encoded process, right? Like, yes. I have been the author of a game that encoded 
published and I went through those steps with you, um, like as the person who was like, here is a thing. And you were like, cool, taking this to a final product. So I can also speak to it from that. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Okay, good. All right. So that's just our, that that's our caveat because again, you know, we, we put these things out into the world and I don't want somebody to listen to this and be like, well, that's not the only way you can publish a book, Phil. You're yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. Not. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of ways to publish a book uh, and anything. It is so absolutely the way I publish a book. Yes. And by yep. I, I mean, I encoded that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. Sure. Uh, do you want to kind of lead us through this discussion? Like, uh, like yeah. I'll let you lead, and I'll, 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 I'll do talkies. Um, sure. Or do you want me to ask you questions? Yeah, that's what I well, I kind of figure <laughs> since since I'm going to be probably doing most of the talking, you should do You're kind of the do- hosting. Sure, sure. We can split. Can you all tell we really planned this out? It's we make great. Make this up as we go. <laughs> We're professionals. That's us. Uh, yeah. So what I would say then next is why don't we talk through the steps that you take as encoded slash engine, like what, what are the discrete actions that have to happen to take a thing from a, I think I have a game to final product. Well, not, I think I have a game. No, I have a game. (laughs) Yes. I have a game to final product. Yeah. So coming right at the end of development, right? So everything we talked about in the past episodes is done. You like what you have and now you want to make a thing. Okay. So, there are two um, there are two tracks to this. There is technically a third track that I'll talk about uh, as well. Um, so we'll branch this off, right? First, we need to talk about the book uh, separate from the cover. Um, okay. The cover is its own like little art project that right. you need to create. Um, and we'll talk about the cover in a second because it parallels some of the things that we're talking about here. But you will need a cover for your uh, thing. If your um, if your product is a book that's going to be printed, the format of your cover is very specific based on the printer. Often yes. the printer will give you a template by which you have to put everything into. Um, if your um, if your cover is a PDF, um, you still need the cover, um, but it is very different. Um, because it's probably, it's probably going to be, um, uh, like a single piece PDF that you're going to put in a, like a, a single image you're going to put at the top of your layout and a single image at the yeah, bottom of your layout. You don't have to worry about spine width and Correct. yada, yada, yada. <laughs> spine width and, and you know, the points where it gets cut and all that stuff. That's, yeah. that's where your layout guy comes in. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the book now and then we'll come back and talk about the cover. All right. So the book has two components. Uh, the first one is all the text. The second one is all the graphics and yes. they're going to meet up in the middle of this process. But for a little while, they have like two parallel tracks that are eventually going to meet in the middle. So on the text okay. part, um, first, the manuscript has to be written. Now, the manuscript is different from the finished game. <laughs> yes. Like my finished game might be a collection of google docs with all the rules necessary to finish the game it is not all the text and prose that goes into the into an actual role-playing book i don't while i'm developing the game write the intro to the you know to the first you know like if if you're new to rpgs or whatever right like if you've never played a powered by the apocalypse game before right i don't put any of that yeah this is the stuff that that we've been working on yeah. for turning point is the manuscript. Correct. Part. 
Yeah. So, so, you know, and writing is going to have, you know, writing has a couple discrete steps, right? The first part of it is there's going to be an outline, right? Then you're going to write the manuscript. Um, I personally, um, I personally, like we do this in Google Docs. Um, my preferences, I usually outline it. And then I have a separate Google Doc for every chapter. Um, this allows me, in case I change my mind later, to reorder the chapters. I can mm-hmm. just reorder the Google Docs to keep them somewhat straight in the directory. I actually name the files um, with the number. Yeah, yeah. You and know, so you could just renumber them to switch exactly them and just switch them yes. around. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it could be a pain in the ass if I have to renumber a bunch of them, but what's really important is when I go into um, the directory, they're in order, and then I can yes. just like go through them. Okay. So yes. the writing part is. Um, the writing part is just sit down, write all the sections, right? Each section gets kind of its own outline and then gets written in. Once the manuscript is written um, and then depend. So this part will depend a little in this case, like if we're talking about turning point, which is a good example for this, because it is, we're, we're part way in. <laughs> yeah, we're part way in. Because I did the primary writing, even though we designed the game together, um, when it came time to write it, you were still um, you were still working on SAS Geek. Yes. Yeah. So you were <laughs> doing so much podcasts. Yep. So we had a discussion and you were you were like, go ahead and do the primary writing. Mm-hmm. And your job is to actually come in and put in some uh, sidebar material yep. um, and, and fix up, up anything you like. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I'm mean, technically that's editing, but <laughs> that will be editing. But it's my it's the first pass, so that when uh, Bob gets his hands on it. Well, in truth, the first part of this <laughs> is after I write it, I give it to you so that you can read it and um, add anything. If I missed something, a point, a sentence, a you know, a section, whatever, like you can put it in. And then if you want to put in sidebars for comments for things like that, like the idea is that even though. I was the one who sat down and primary, primarily wrote it. We both designed the game, so we both need to have input in every section. Yes, and and there are sometimes things too where it you know it comes out down to some sort of small detail, and I'm reading through and I'm like, okay, this specific thing is this what you were trying to say? Like, are we actually on the same page about this? Like, you know, this minutia basically is where we are. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, some- then, and then actually having the conversation about what exactly we do want from that particular thing and yeah yeah i mean it might be something where i've written it out and you're like you know and i I think this has happened where you're like when i do this part in the game i actually introduce it like this and i'm like well that's better than the way i do it quick you know like go ahead and just rewrite that section right now that's the kind of stuff we're doing now we could all right so there's so many different ways we could have written it like depending on availability and time and stuff like that so in in our case, I did primary writing and then passed it to you to go through it and, and make yep. whatever changes you liked and add anything you liked. Yep. We could have um, we could have split it up chapter to chapter. We could mm-hmm. have um, written sections and left other sections to the other one. Like there's so many different ways you can do that, that you just have to work that out um, yeah. with whomever yeah. you're writing with. Yeah, whatever works for everybody is kind of the And we did. We had a we had a full on talk and talked through all those different options and we're like, well, which one do we think is realistic? Um and, and really at that point, because you were both you were editing both um this show and Sass Geek, you were like, There's no way I can keep up with a writing schedule all through the week. And I was like, Well, it's actually the only thing I have to do other than, you know, record a couple yeah. of podcasts. So yeah. sure, I'll be like I'll I'll do so- primary writing. 
Yeah. Okay. But again, that that is a uh, decision that you and your fellow writers will make. Yes. All right. Once everything's written and all f- and all writers have given their input, it now needs to go to the editor mm-hmm. for editing. And the editor is no one who has done any writing yes. on the manuscript. <laughs> yes. We've you talked cannot, about this in the past. Yeah. You can't edit your own stuff. You right. simply cannot. You, you are too far into it. You never see everything. Yep. It needs to go to a completely neutral third party. Who has not read it before. Correct. So <laughs> it goes off to editing. The editors will then come back. with. The, so the editors will, depending on your editor, and so it encoded, um, we have a high level of trust. Sean Merwin's our primary editor. We have mm-hmm. a high level of trust. And so um, Sean is allowed to fix most things without getting any prior approval. Yeah. So, I mean, he can fix all the knucklehead things, but he can fix sentences if, you know, like the sentence should be structured a little differently to be clearer. Sean can just do that without having to check in with anyone. Um, He uses his own judgment on that. Like if he thinks it's, you know, if if he thinks it's, you know, a significantly large change, then he may run it past, like he may flag it um, in comments and send it back. Yeah, to make um, sure that it comes out meaning the same thing. Yeah, and, and as your it original could, intention. Right. So Sean will fix everything from a misplaced comma to like resequencing paragraphs if they don't make sense. Yeah. Um, and all of that is within Sean's purview. Um, and again, having a relationship with an editor, I am very comfortable. Just um, like I don't need to see all the changes. There are some people who will want to, and that's perfectly fine. That's your own level of comfort. Um, that's your own level of comfort with an editor. If I had a new editor, I absolutely would want to see all the changes until mm-hmm. like I kind of built that confidence up again. But if you have an editor and have a good relationship with them, you can just set them loose. Yeah. Um, a good editor, and I'm not a editor, so I can't speak to this, but I've heard Sean speak to this. A good editor learns the voice of the writer and works to preserve that. Yeah. So, um, all right. So editing occurs, um, editing and, and occurs. editing may require editing may require additional writing, or it may require mm-hmm. it to go back to writing to be fixed up or whatever. So there's like a little loop, yep, right? A potential there's a potential iteration right there. Yeah, not a ton yeah. like a game design iteration, yeah, but yeah, it might yeah. just be like it goes to editing, it comes back, you fix a bunch of stuff, it goes back to the editor, they check it, and then it moves on. Yes. Rarely does it take a couple loops in there. Yeah. All right. Once it's edited at encoded, we then send it off for proofing. And okay. proofing is a different. So editing is designed specifically to fix things and make sure that it is uh, human readable. Proofing is to look for uh, any kind of mistake or inconsistency. And you would think, well, you just edited it. Hmm. Why do you need to proof it? But you would be surprised. Uh-huh. Um, and so our, you know, our primary proofreader is Bob Everson, um, who is fully capable of being a uh, full editor as well. Um, but in this case, in this role and Bob, we call him the eyes, right? Uh-huh. The eyes. Um, because what Bob does beyond just looking for mistakes, like misplaced commas and things like that, is that Bob does things like if you reference that this thing is on page X, then Bob goes and checks to make sure it is actually on page X. Yeah, which is like someone has to do it. Right. It's really important because um, that stuff will that a that stuff is horrible from a user standpoint if it's not right because then they'll be like flailing around trying to find the thing, and 
be. And this is a weird thing, just speaking from specifically, like really specifically EPUB publishing experience. Amazon will let you know every time there is a reference in your book that doesn't reference to the right place. They'll like say, oh, there's an error. We took your book down. <laughs> yeah, which would be terrible. Right? Like it's awful. <laughs> so yeah, so we do a pre-layout proofing, right? Because that's I'm giving a little foreshadowing. We're heading into layout, but we do a we do a proofing pass uh, to find anything else that might have gotten missed. Um, yeah. Because once you lay it out, well, we'll talk about it in a second because we're gonna. So anyway, we do a proofing pass to get that they get that text cleaned up, and then it goes off to layout. Now I'll stop there. Yep. I'm gonna switch tracks, and we'll talk about graphics. Okay. Okay. So now if you're going to have artwork in your game, uh, you need to acquire your artwork. Yes. Now, if you're just buying artwork, um, like you can just go online and you can uh, buy pre-made artwork. There's nothing wrong with it. Encoded does. Uh, Encoded has done it to fill in spaces in books. And, you know, we have a small art library of things we've, you know, purchased that are uh, open license that we can place into books. If you're buying artwork... This is a little different because you just have to kind of go look, find stuff, and buy it. Yeah. If you are commissioning artwork. Yes, which is what we did for Love and Justice. Which is what we did for Love and Justice. Yeah. Then there's a parallel process that while the writing is go writing and editing is going on, what your art director is doing, and if you don't have an art director, what you're doing. Yes. Is you are um, you are you have contracted an artist. Um, you have you have written an art order. Mm -hmm. Which is some sort of document that says I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for a piece that is approximately this big in black and white that portrays the following. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't I want I don't want to get too deep into that because that like we could have John Arcadian come and talk about it like we could. <laughs> as an art yeah. director like I have done a little bit of it. Um, and I'm and I enjoy it. I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but I I enjoy doing it. Uh, but like John's got a whole thing for this. But you will be writing up the art that you are looking for, um, and you have to have kind of in your head thought about the things that you might want. Yes. Um, in the book now, and encoded, we keep that fairly easy. Um, because I will tell you that some people will lay it out without any artwork and then go find artwork for it. But it encoded um, in order to keep costs down because we're not Paizo buying like 7,000 art pieces per book. Uh, what we like is we let, and, and we're doing six by nine books. We like a full piece at every chapter, mm -hmm. header, like at the opening of every chapter. And then a few half and quarter pieces to kind of fill in places where uh, we have large gaps. So mm -hmm. we tend to just order our art in advance because from the outline, we know what the chapters are. Yeah. So we just go get some artwork that matches those chapters, or maybe they're just thematic for the game. Again, how you get your art order together is like a whole, um, is a whole show unto itself. Yeah. But art orders go out to the artists um, possibly one artist, possibly multiple artists, depending on um, who you've contracted. They're going to create sketches. This is kind of their draft of the picture. You'll get yep. like a rough sketch. Um, the artist will kind of show it, like send you the rough sketch to see if you like, um, you know, what they've done, how they've yeah, interpreted your sure, order. Yeah, that it's going the same direction. Yeah. And you thought. Yeah, and you might have some feedback. So this is like, you know, akin to editing. You might look at it and be like, 
I like what you're doing here. Um, but I think that gun, um, doesn't have enough barrels. Like, you know, can you add like three extra barrels to this gun? Because we're playing in some sort of hyper violent sci-fi game or something, like, you know, can you make this, can you make this gun look, um, a little more biological, right? Like, or, you know, whatever. Um, can you make this train man look a little bit more like a train and a man? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so th- I'm mocking a specific character cache as a character cache. Somehow, yes. somehow Mamaro pulled off magically. But anyway, carry Superhero on. Superhero train man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so then after you've kind of worked out the sketches, the artist will finalize the pieces to whatever specifications you've asked, like whether it is in color, whether it is um, in black and white, whatever, like you have in your art order, you defined what you wanted the final piece to be done as. And the artist takes it from sketch to final yes. um, and then sends you art, which is any, um, I will tell you from an emotional point of view, um, receiving art is it's like really one good. of it's Christmas day. <gasps> Oh, man. It's the first day of Christmas when you're publishing is like when the first art comes in and your idea is visualized. And you're like, this is my game. Exactly. (laughs) Now, I will tell you from my own design point of view that I often order art. I order the first pieces of art during design. Yeah. Because I kind of use it for conceptual stuff in my head. So like for Hydro Hackers... I had artwork for the different playbooks and the uh, water authority pieces. I just paid for those out of my own pocket. I, I mean, I paid for them out of Encoded's um, budget. Pocket, yeah. But I bought those long before we were ready to write the ash can and just had those. And then we ordered more. We ordered a few more pieces for the ash can. Right. Okay. So now he keeps he keeps pausing for water because I'm making him do all the talking and I'm not doing a good job of filling in the gaps for you. So that's my apologies. Carry on. It's what okay. happens? What happens now that you have art and a layout? No. Or do you need to talk about layout now that you have art? Art and text. Yeah. Yeah. So we have so we have a manuscript that's been edited and proofed. We yes. have finalized art. Yes. Um, now. Um, is where you lay it out. Um, yes. If you have a graphic designer, they have probably done some work before this point in making kind of a layout template or whatever, um, or not, depending on their process. But at this point, you give over the pieces to the layout person. If you are a super small company, you may be the layout person. Yep. Um, <laughs> Like I, so you may be the layout person or you have hired a layout person in the case of encoded designs. Tim Jones is our layout uh, person. He is fantastic. And, um, uh, what you call it. I can do like a little bit of layout, but Tim like is where like Tim makes magic from these things, but layout is where the text and the art get put together into the thing that looks like an actual book. Yes. Like, like art gets placed in places and text gets put in places. And sometimes like, you know, you make the, you, you, you know, you flow the text around and art, like, you know, a piece of art or something. Um, you've, I, you've seen this, right? Like in every book you've ever seen at some point, it was separated into two pieces of like a pile of art and a pile of text. 
And it's the layout person who does, and I think it's absolute magic, who stitches those together <laughs> and makes it look so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Um, that process is sorcery, so I can't speak to it. Um, <laughs> it would be a whole other episode on its own. That is a whole other episode. Um, and, it can, and it can go from a simple uh, six by nine book with a single column layout Right, which is great. That's a six by nine is a lovely six by nine. One column is a lovely reading surface. Yes. Um, to something like a piezo book where you've got two columns and you've got text cut in with the pictures, you know, bleeding into the like into the main body of the thing, like all of that. Um, the only limits to that is the skill of your layout person and the amount of artwork you own. Um, um, although it is a good place um, to think about accessibility of your product. And I say this as someone who's just very nearsighted. Um, and, and, and so, like, there's a lot of other considerations beyond that. But even just for me, being a very nearsighted glasses-wearing person, I will always prefer my text to be in a single column in a smaller size book than in multiple columns in a giant book because I can't read it without my glasses on. Then I have to, like, move it across my face. Aside from accessibility, which is an excellent, <laughs> which is an excellent point. Yes. Um, the other one is the medium by which you expect this to be read. Right. Like, there's a whole other thing we haven't really gotten into, which is, like, we're kind of talking, you know, in terms of, like, the final goal being print. But if the final goal is not print, then there are different considerations for your mm -hmm. layout. Um, both in terms of, you know, the fact that somebody may have to print it themselves if you're giving them a PDF or in terms of like it's a PDF or an EPUB, so I'm reading it on a digital, like I'm reading it on a screen, on a device. Yes. Right? Which is a whole other can of worms. Right. And here's the thing that, um, here's the thing to keep in mind. Publishers often make the PDF and then that PDF file is also used in part to make the book, um, which is why... And I'll get out my soapbox for a second. Pelgrain, who <laughs> loves to do three-column three books, Ugh. eight and a half by 11 books with three columns, and it looks reasonably okay in book format, <sighs> looks, those PDFs are horrible they on are tablets. Awful to read. They're truly awful to read. Yes. You are constantly um, like expanding it and expanding like expanding and going up sliding and sliding it. Yeah. You're like now I'm at the bottom of the page, but now I have to scroll back up to the top of the top page. Middle. Top middle. Top middle of the page to right. find the top of that and now go back down. And now I have to scroll all the way up and find the top yeah. right. Like, ugh, ugh. And, no. And, <laughs> right. And publishers do that because it's easy, right? Like, I'm, I need to get this PDF done for the book. There's just like an intermediate step that you get to like quickly pop out a PDF that goes into. Um, that goes into a tablet. But the problem is if your layout is really made for a book, it doesn't yeah. look as good on the on tablet. tablet. There are actually, and th this, this is where my seven years of experience with digital publishing leap into effect here. And I will attempt to sort of rein them in slightly. Um, but this is where we do have to pause and talk for a moment about the fact that your final product, what your goal for your final product is, should be something you're taking into consideration as you're creating these layouts. And um, it, I know that it is um, a bigger ask um, when you are trying to produce something for digital and for print. Um, but even if it's just a PDF and then a print book, 
um, taking into consideration um, the formats in which people actually read and consume a PDF, which is probably going to be a computer screen or a tablet, or if you're me, your phone, um, then there's some stuff like, you know, columns are not a great idea for something that you expect and anticipate people to consume primarily digitally, right? So it can be worth it to, um, if you, like, if you're, if you're up for the time and, and effort, right? Like, but you really want columns in print, like, it may still be worth it to make a single column version of this, um, for digital specifically. Um, and, and the, the digital reading people of the world, myself included, will thank you. Um, so this is the, the other part where I will jump in and say, um, when you are looking for a final product that has a digital component or is primarily digital, um, and this is not a thing that is big in the role-playing game industry right now, I have long been a proponent of this and I will get out, here's my soapbox. You have your soapbox, here's my soapbox. I love EPUBs. I love EPUBs so much more than PDFs. Yes, they are harder to generate and create. They do take more effort. They do take more time. Um, but a lot of the things that you may have heard about them from a role-playing design perspective in terms of doing publishing stuff, like people are usually asking like, yeah, but can I put pictures in them? Yes, you can absolutely put pictures in them. Um, yes, <laughs> like you're not gonna lose your pictures. What you will lose generally in an EPUB format is like background textures or like borders around pages. And that's stuff that looks really nice in print, but when you convert to digital, it is not necessary. Um, and what you gain from an EPUB is you gain the ability for me, a reader, to make decisions about how I'm reading that book. And that includes things like, is it easier for me to read on a black background with white text? Um, what size text do I want to read it at? You know, what is comfortable for this device? So when I tell people that I do the vast majority of my digital reading on my cell phone, most people look at me like I've lost my last brain cell. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not reading tiny text on a tiny screen. I'm reading normal size text, a phone size amount of normal size text, right? Like, so EPUBs give you so much more flexibility um, to do things that are both accessible and then make the book really, really usable at a game table, which to me is the key thing. I can go make the text big enough that I can actually use it when I am running the game at a table and not have to scroll around <laughs> over a bunch of columns on a tiny screen. Anyway. So a couple things. One, yes. <laughs> I don't think you have a last brain cell, right? I think you have many brain cells. Um, but what this makes me think about is um, we we have our plan for Turning Point was not to be uh, terribly art heavy, which was to kind of do what we normally do with Encoded, which is single page um, single page uh, images. My feeling is we should probably. Um, like this would be a great candidate to move into EPUB as well uh, because um, using the book at the table is super important. EPUB is a super accessible format and, you know, it's a love of yours, of course. And it's um, way more searchable. And it's you way can more searchable. Yep. bookmark a bunch of pages yeah. and highlight them in your app. I mean, you can do some of this stuff with PDFs too, but not to the same extent because when we talk about EPUBs, we're talking about loose text you can just manipulate the text. Yeah. So my feeling is that uh, Turning Point will actually probably be a great EPUB, um, a, a great 
a great layout that we can just also then hand off to EPUB. Yeah, um, the thing about Turning Point is that no matter what you had said right there, even if as encoded you only generated a PDF, there was going to be an EPUB. No, I Because I was going to make it. <laughs> no, I know that. But what I'm saying is it seems to be like it's a game. Turning Point's it, a game where... It's where well we don't, suited. Yeah. yeah, we don't, and we don't need to put a lot of like layered stuff in the background or anything. Like it, it's right. something that could easily be kept very lean and still be very useful. Okay. Yes, I completely agree, and I, that's definitely um, a thing that will happen with that game, no matter what. It will, it will happen. I'm going to make it happen. And from a publishing perspective, it broadens the number of places that you can offer something because you can put an EPUB up on Drive Through or on Itch. You can also put an EPUB up on uh, the Apple Bookstore or on Amazon Kindle, like right. So, and that's the kind of thing that you, as an individual, can do is you can just make accounts to sell EPUBs in those places, and it's you know, suddenly you have a different a p- different potential audience. Anyway. There is my rant about EPUBs. I've written about it in a number of places before. And if you have more questions about EPUBs in particular, please feel free to hit me up on the Twitter. Um, I'm happy to chat EPUBs anytime, whenever. Anyway, what is the next actual step of, of, of publishing? <laughs> All right. So back to the uh, back to the steps. We've taken our text. We've taken our graphics. We have put them together. We have made a layout of yes. the book. Yes. Um. Now, it goes back to proofing. Yep. Um, so, uh, it actually probably has one intermediate step that's kind of informal before we proof it, is that we kind of look at it. Does it, does the layout look nice? Yeah. Like, we're not super hard about it. Just like, like let's just flip through some pages. What does it look like? Oh, the headers look good. The pages look good. The spreads, if there's like a, any two-page thing, looks good. The tables in it look good. That kind of thing. Once it's been looked at beyond um, beyond our, the graphic designer, then we send it off to proofing one more time. Um, and in proofing, uh, it's Bob's job again, the eyes, to find anything that could have uh, gone wrong. And I know you're saying, but you proofed it before layout. Mm. Yes. But sometimes in layout, Tim has to kind of do stuff like bump text or move text around to get it to flow properly. And so artifacts could be uh, artifacts or errors could be generated. And for things like tables, Tim can't just paste those in. They often have to be recreated um, or recreated in parts and pasted. So we want Bob like we want Bob all over all of that. And the page numbers might change. Uh, The page numbers are almost the page numbers are set at this point. So now we definitely want like references checked and stuff like that. Yep. 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 Okay. Um, Then. Um, then you get ready to finish it off. Like, so if anything was found during proofing, it goes back to layout, right? So that's like a little cycle layout will clean it up. It goes back to proofing at encoded. We add one more step before we finalize the PDF. Um, it's excruciating. No one on the team likes it. Um, everybody gets annoyed when, when I announce it, (laughs) but it's called the final walkthrough. Sure. So the final walkthrough is that every member of the team has to now sit down and read it and look for stuff. Um, and everybody kind of comes at it differently, right? So the editors kind of look at it still for like word content. The designers kind of come at it looking at um, how did, you know, how do the rules look? How do they sound? That kind of thing. Um, 
one of my things that I'm a stickler at is um, I'm looking at the overall, um, I'm looking at uh, the flow of chapters, things like that. Um, you know, does it just like, does it look well? Those guys, like any, like I'm all over the place on it. The art director is looking at, you know, how is the art, like how close is the text to the art? Um, how close is the text to the gutter of the, of the book? Like that's where the, um, if you were binding it, that's like where the middle is, like where you would hold open the book, right? The gutter, you don't want your text going too far in the gutter. Cause then it's hard to read or you have to really bend the spine. So we all go at it at different ways. Ideally, no one wants to find anything at this point. And that's why no one wants to do it, right? Because <laughs> no one wants to be the person who finds a thing Ugh. that we have to go fix. Yeah. But I, I like I don't like letting anything out until as a group, we've all gone through it and been like, it looks good. Yeah. Right. So sometimes and, and we will all find like weird stuff uh, and some of it we don't fix. Right. So sometimes a thing will come up and be like, hey, does everybody really think that sidebar should be on page, you know, 40 and we'll have a talk about it and we'll be like, it's fine. Like yeah. it should only at, at this far into the process, it should only be moved if it's completely wrong. Yes. Not like I think like I have a preference to move it to page 39 is not the reason to go back to layout, make changes and have to go back down this, this um, back down this chain again. Right. So it has to be something seriously bad right yeah. for that to happen yeah okay but we all do the walkthrough we all hate it mm -hmm. um once the walkthrough's done then uh we finalize the files for whatever um format they're coming out in and i'll before i get to finalize let me jump back to the cover sure okay so if you are doing a book even if you're doing just a pdf you need a cover yes okay yeah um your art director, your layout person, whomever is going to help you. And again, if you don't have either of those, it's you are going to figure out what the cover looks like. Um, your cover could be a lot of different things. You can buy a lot of stock art for covers. Like if you want your cover of, you want your cover to look like a, like an ancient tome, right? Like you can buy those and then just put your own text on top of it kind of thing. Um, a lot of times you're going to want to buy a full piece art piece. Um, like a you know you may want to buy a piece that wraps around yep if it's the, gonna go for print then you need a, a front cover and a back cover they're part of the same it, they're all they, the same graphic my friend all the same graphic so like in this <laughs> like the streets of avalon picture like mm -hmm. when we ordered the cover like matt knew to make that like so in the order it says this will be the cover of the book which means that two things one we needed a certain dimension because yep. we need it to be the front and back cover two we need the action to yeah, be on to the, on the, on the right, side on the right side of, yep. yes. So the back cover can be like less detail, less interesting. So if you look at the street of Avalon cover, the thief who is hanging like on the rooftop is on the right. And on the left, if I'm remembering this correctly from the piece, it's just like buildings and streets shit. and buildings. Yeah. 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 Cause <laughs> it doesn't matter as much, but, but it wraps around and that's cool. We like that. Yes. Now the graphic designer has a lot of work to do on the cover. If you're doing a book, so they got to put in the artwork, they've got to put in the logo, 
for -hmm. the book, which that is a whole other thing we're not talking about here either. Consider that part of the graphics package. The logo has to go on. Um, You need back cover text that somebody had to have written proof, written, edited, proofed to go on the back of it. Um, If you are planning to sell it commercially, you need an ISBN number. Mm -hmm. You have to purchase that. You do. Um, You do indeed. You have to purchase those. If you're planning to do a lot, you can buy them in chunks. Yes, which is nice because they they are cheaper if you buy them in chunks. Yes. Like I have a handful of ISBNs laying around. Yes. And I think Arcadian has a couple, like whatever. Um, And then you got to generate the barcode Mm-hmm. like from the ISBN and like plant that on the back. You got to put in um, logos. Like if you have a company logo, you're going to like put all those on the back, on the back cover, front cover or whatever. Um, the cover, if you're going to print, the cover is a separate file that gets submitted along with the manuscript PDF. If you are making um, a PDF for download, what you will wind up doing is taking just the, front cover sorry i bumped the mic you take the front cover piece you take the front (laughs) cover piece and you basically cut it and you put it as the first page of the pdf and you take the back cover piece you cut it and put it as the last page of the pdf um a thing that your graphic designer will also do for you um and that's and and that's relatively easy to do once you have the main piece because you can just um export it as an image crop out the piece you want stick it in the in the um download file okay so the cover is trucking along we now have we now get to the part where we finalize and so that's going to now depend and i i don't want to get into it in too much detail but if you're doing a book um your files need to be in a certain format um the your publisher um whoever's printing i'm sorry not publisher your printer whoever's printing it has all that information Yes. And we'll have provided it up front. Your book should already be in that format, um, ready to go um, to the printer. Your cover will have been done on some template, most likely. Uh, the book will have, you know, conformed to certain, um, to certain, um, based on your printer, will conform to certain parameters. Um, it's not so much a big deal anymore. It used to be a bigger deal. Like you had to have like, um, certain number of pages. Yeah, you used to have to do pages in sets. So sometimes you would actually have to add blank pages in at the yes. end because they, I don't remember, they had to be in like multiples of four or something. Something like that, like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four, um, six or something like that. I can yeah. never get the math right on it. Yeah. So anyway, you'll have to do that. If you're publishing it for uh, PDF for download, like I said, you'll want to put the um, images in for the front and back cover. Um, you will also want to do things like bookmark it. And yeah. I will... I will hiss at you right now. I, woe to any publisher who does not take the 10 minutes to bookmark all <laughs> bookmark the major chapters. chapters. Oh my gosh. Oh, if you have any man. questions about doing that and you're like, I really want to publish this and I'm just going to do a PDF send. I don't want to do an EPUB, but what is this bookmarking thing that you're talking about? Please just ask me. I will walk you through the right. process of doing it. I you spent can- a lot of my life doing it in book distribution and yeah. it doesn't take very long and it makes nope. a humongous difference in terms of how usable the file is huge difference and honestly you can just you can just do it in adobe like you don't even yeah, have to do it in the layout program you no. just go into adobe and you're like yeah. click 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 just click, do it click. in adobe yeah and literally I will say, there's a keyboard shortcut you go bling 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 and I, then you're done i'm Save. a stickler i like uh i like two levels 
of yes. bookmarks. Well done. Like That's chapter. nice. Chapter. I like chapter and section. Sure. Nothing be- below that. Because game game books tend to be more technical, that is what I would say to do, right? Yeah. Like you should have chapter and then, you know, uh, sections underneath that because yep. it's useful to actually navigate to those things. Yeah. And my bookmarks are always the chapter and then whatever the major headers are, like mm-hmm. the H1s in yeah. that chapter get a, uh, get a thing. Yep. Um, okay. So there's all that. Yes. Um, I will. Yeah. So all of those will get done. I missed a step. What I will did mention. You miss? Okay. I missed a step that I, um, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to do it. I try to hire people to do it because um, I blocked it out. Before <laughs> we get to the finalization, um, at the late layout stage, um, the book needs to be indexed. Oh yeah, indexing is awful. Yes. Indexing is an art. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you can do it yourself. It is hard. If you can find somebody who has indexing skills, um, you should hire them. Um, but indexing is a whole thing. Um, and it needs to be done in conjunction with layout because the thing is, um, indexing has to be done with page numbers. Yes. So layout's got to be like pretty much done. Done. Yeah. Which is another reason during final walkthrough that no one wants to move anything. Yeah, no, don't move the pages because you have to index this puppy. Right. You don't want the and again, it's a cascading thing. If you moved a block of text from one place to oh, another boy. and the page number shift. Yeah, you've got to oh. recheck all your references, all your page right. numbers. And if your index was already done. It's bad news. Now, <laughs> a lot of game books will skimp on index. Um, I don't mm-hmm. blame them. Um, there is some arguments to which, um, in the electronic age, how much do you need an index when you can search? Yeah. Part of that depends on, I don't know. Did you make your PDF text searchable or is it a bunch of images that are useless to me? Hopefully that is not the case, right? Hopefully if you, (laughs) if you've used, (laughs) if you have used a, um, if you are not a book publisher, like the kind of book publishers used to work with, which are archaic and, an- and antiquated, yes. if you are an RPG publisher Hopefully. and you have used something like InDesign or, or Affinity. Affinity or whatever, yeah. then it is text searchable. Yes. Um, it is a text searchable PDF. Yes. And, and so you're okay. But there is an argument about how much how much index do you need when I can now just in my in my PDF search for damage. Right. And just turn up the results. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's somewhat easier. There's arguments about that. I think in some scale you should put an index in every book, but also, um, I hate indexing. I'm bad at it. I think I made Bob do it once. He hates it. (laughs) Um, I know one person, um, who I know who likes doing it that I would hire to do it, um, in a pinch. Um, but I do know that a good, like a good index will actually go a long way. So it is, um, it is a thing to consider as you're putting your book together. Okay. Um, after you finalize your book and you have the necessary files, you can now go about publishing. Yes. Um, if you have, you know, your downloadable PDF there, like you can take that to drive through or itch. Um, if you have your print files, you can now take them to your printer, that kind of thing. I'm going to tell you that this is now a two part episode. I know. We thought because, it, we, we were like, oh, this will be so short. But I went on a rant and you got but, lots of information. And Well, the steps alone it yeah. took us a while. So here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. We're going to finish here. Okay. Um, 
having talked about the steps, the general steps of, of, of publishing. And again, the order of most of these steps, almost every publisher does the order in which they do them will vary. I have heard everything from people who write their manuscripts right in the layout program. Um, and like, just, you know, lay it out as they're writing it. I mean, like I've heard everything, right. Um, I know people who do the whole layout with spacers, um, which are just um, squares mm-hmm. or other shapes like artwork that they just put in there and then go back through, read it and order all the artwork. Um, I've heard everything. I, I've shared with you tonight how like we do it at Encoded, um, which is kind of a lean method because um, Encoded is a small company um, and we strive very hard to not overreach and not to run our projects in the red financially. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, we take somewhat of a, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't do as many lavish things, but we, you know, we are profitable. Um, and profitable means we're also sustainable. Yeah. 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 Which, and and also you don't want to overwork any individual person because all of you, this is, this is a, a, a side thing. Yeah. This is gig for work for all us. of you. Yep. Um, that is all, you know, fighting for, um, for your time. Uh, with everything else that has demands, yep, including the oh. jobs that provide insurance, because let's exactly. just call that out, right? Like this is a thing about game design, like uh, provides insurance, food, um, housing, housing, yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah. All right, so in our next episode, which will be next week, we are going to talk about the project management of publishing. Sure, uh, because um, that is very much a thing. I said in the game design thing that game design is very hard to project manage. And I will tell you as a teaser for next week that publishing uh, is much easier to project manage and schedule. Um, And we'll talk about the ins and outs of that. Uh, We will also talk about complexity, um, how projects can be either really simple or really complex. We'll talk about publishing formats from simple to complex. You will have Um, more rants from me about a number of things, including print on demand and EPUB again, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, uh, and then we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about POD and offset printing. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that publishers nerd out about a lot. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think that, um, people who just generically buy game books, um, even recognize or care most of the time. Yeah. Um, unless you're really in like the collector phase of like RPGs. I think a lot of people don't pay attention to it. So, but we'll get into it anyway, because we should talk about the pros and cons to it. There are definitely pros for it. Um, and then there are definitely some cons to it, but, um, not it so is many a, anymore. This is another thing I have feels about. I'll save them for next time. No, exactly. Exactly. No, I think, I think that we will have some good discussion on it. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> so in which case we now need to wrap up and in order for us to wrap up the show, having now talked about having gotten all the way through to some sort of files that you can now publish, um, we're going to close out the show. And to do that, Senda's going to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yes, I am. So uh, you may have heard of Mastering Dungeons. RPG veterans and game designers Teo Sabadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. Yes. Look at that. I was like prepared. That wasn't even bespoke. No, no, that was good. That, up. that was copy. You, you read copy on that. Um, say, Santa, where do people find us on the internet? 
Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can uh, hunt us down on the Tiki Talkies, where Phil has now made his TikTok handle the same as his Twitter handle so that you can actually find him. I should um, make some content. You should totally make some content. And like, so you can like ping us there and like send us things and we'll like use your audio and stuff. That would be fun and cool. Thank you, Karen. We still haven't forgotten your topic. Um, <laughs> it's Someday. just so good. It's hard. In um, year six. In year six, in we'll year get six, to Karen's. We'll get to Karen's topic. Um, and, uh, or if you don't like any of those options, you can always drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they give us that info, once they have that information, what can they... Wait, I confused myself. What do they do with it? I got it. Tell I got it. Here's what it. you do. What you do <laughs> is you send us a question, a topic, something you want to hear us talk about, um, preferably in the role-playing uh, field, uh, but not exclusively. Like, you know, you can throw a curveball. You don't know what we'll do for a show. <laughs> um, sometimes those get put into what we call the grab bag episode, which yeah. we haven't done in a while, yeah. but where the grab bag's like three small topics, and one of them is often silly. Yeah, um, I think yeah, we've talked about our favorite cereals. We've talked we've, about like, our cartoons, our panda preferences. Which panda? Which Correct. Panda specific genus is our favorite panda. Yes, but you should send us some idea for a, a show that you might uh, enjoy, like JT did tonight um, about asking us to give share our thoughts on publishing. Um, you should do that. We listen. Our goal here: we like hanging out and talking to each other, and we could just do that without recording it. So when we record it. <laughs> for you all one we hope we're entertaining you so maybe that's just the reason you're listening to us because we you, you find us somewhat amusing but also i'm really hoping that what you're getting out of this is information that is making your games better mm -hmm. um, and by better i mean more enjoyable for you and your players uh, because one i want you to have fun when you're playing role-playing games and two when you're having fun role-playing games you keep playing role-playing games yes and and that is uh that is key to literally Everything we do here is about you um, just playing more role-playing games and having fun doing it. So um, if it's on your mind, it's probably on somebody else's mind. Ask us. We'll take a shot at it. Share sure. what we know. Yep. Cool. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mr. Dr. Mark Network, please consider backing our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to our Slack Room for Life. That's my favorite place this whole pandemic. It's been my social bubble. Yeah. Um, heck, that's where, this, that's where this particular topic request came from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you if, if you get in there, there's all sorts of subtopics you can join um, from serious things like COVID-19 info to RPG um, to silly stuff like humor and media. And then, you know, there's just the general slack room where people just kind of chat about their days. Um, we do have a luncheon um, for those of you working at home on Fridays at 1230 p.m. Eastern. You can just come join us um, right on Zoom. Put the mm -hmm. credentials right in the Slack. You just come join us, hang out with us. It's totally fun. I love it. Uh, yeah. It's like the we, highlight. It's the the we, highlight of all of my weeks. Is we, just we talk to, about anything and everything. You don't have to come prepared. Oh gosh, there will not be a quiz. Yeah, and if you feel like just throwing a topic in, who knows? It'll just take off and like uh, like I mean, we've talked about everything from software development to airports. Um, <laughs> airports I, I mean it goes all over the place anyway it's great um you also get the uh after show from misdirected mark and of course you get the bamboo lounge from this show which is just our extra like chatty and silliness um that takes place yes all of that stuff 
Um, again, we thank you for your patronage. It's what makes all of this possible. So thank you very much. If you are patroning the show, uh, that's fantastic. If you're unable to patron the show, we totally understand. There's another thing that you can do that uh, in some way helps get other people to listen to us, which falls into our uh, Venus flytrap like um, <laughs> like trap, which is if you listen to us, you will love us. Uh-huh. Um, and that is what? What is that thing you do? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, or just share an episode that you think somebody would like, like on Twitter or like with a friend or whatever. Just like, you know, point people at us. Basically, leaving reviews and stuff helps because it helps with the algorithm and you're just pointing strangers at us. But we're also, like, perfectly happy if you just tell people this something is awesome, right? That makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, too. This is the part of podcasting where we just beg you for validation and we appreciate it so much. (laughs) I mean, look, you know, we're shouting out into a pair of mics at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we We hope you're all enjoying it, too. And sometimes it's nice to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much to everybody who's already left a review. We super duper appreciate them. Let us know if you've left one because I will go read all of them anywhere, wherever. I will figure out how to find them. Just tell me where they are. Absolutely. Yes. Good. Good, good. All right. So, say, Senda, um, what are your general feelings on converting something like a Pathfinder into an EPUB? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. 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 Click, click. Click, click. No, 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 no. We're not keeping this. This is disposable audio. Are you ready? Oh, what, what, was that keeping? No, no, no. We're not keeping that. What? This is disposable audio. We're just cutting this right yes. off the front. Yes. I know, but you're performing it like you're going to you're gonna put it in the outtakes, and we're not. We're just getting, we're jumping right in. This is a hot no, opening. but I am. You, you... <laughs> You wrong me. I always put it in the optics. Well, now it's a warm opening. <laughs> Not quite so hot. It's cooling off as we go. That's okay. Strike while the iron's hot, I guess. That's what my dad <laughs> says. He's a blacksmith. He would know. He would know. Hey. That makes so oh. much more sense now. <laughs> I oh, was, no. I was thought it was a oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Just how did that? I was today years old when that clicked. <laughs> oh dear, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, you're giving me the look. We should start the show. <laughs> well, now I'm taking a drink. Good. All righty, let's try that again. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do a cold opening this time. <laughs> yeah, lukewarm. The hot one was gone. The lukewarm is <laughs> gone. We put it back in the fire. Start over. <laughs> Strike while the iron is hot, as they would say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was 
trying to figure out how that worked. I feel like an idiot. Okay. I mean, it's no Star Wars planet thing, but... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> there were extenuating circumstances. Were you under some pressure at that point? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Under pressure. Something on your mind? Anyway, we should record the show. <laughs> 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 <laughs>